As long as the Jedi are acting as a military, we should report to the Chancellor. Among the children of the Jedi, there are no innocents. Master Kenobi says there are even texts here that are forbidden to be read. Blast! Jedi do not carry blasters. to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with Drew Shepard. Hey, hey. John is not with us again this week. Uh, I want to announce something here at the beginning of the episode before we get into the episode discussion um, about what we are planning on doing going forward. So the episode load, we were going up to, up to about eight, eight episodes a week, um, and it just has ended up being a little bit too much overall uh, for us. So we're going to cut back on that. And probably end up with about three or four episodes per week. We haven't really finalized all the details of it. We're still going to try to group it all by arc and discuss the episodes arc by arc. Um, but this week, instead of discussing all the episodes that I mentioned at the end of the episode last week, we are just going to focus on the Holocron heist. And then next week, we'll do Bounty Hunters and uh, what's the name of the other one? The Zillow Beast Duology. Okay. So this is not Holocron Heist. I think it's called the, was it the Holocron Trilogy? Is that what we called this art, Drew? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. So anyway, well, we'll get right into it. I'll go ahead and start with the episode synopsis and we'll discuss a few points. Obviously, because we're doing this, episodes are going to be uh, quite a bit shorter than they have been previously. We're only going to be covering about half of the material um, that we normally do. So last week was actually eight episodes, I think, that we discussed. And this, this week, we're only discussing three total. So expect episodes to be uh, quite a bit shorter going forward. And, um, and again, we'll just, we're just going to kind of space it out and, and make it easier on ourselves. So, yeah, the Holocron Trilogy. At the beginning of this first episode in this trilogy, Ahsoka has disobeyed some orders. And it gets sent to work in the archives at the Jedi Temple for a while, just to sort of cool off, I guess. And while she is there, uh, Darth Sidious hides, hires Cad Bane, who then infiltrates the Jedi Temple and goes in to steal a Jedi holocron. I think this is the first time we've seen a holocron in the, um, in the Clone Wars series anyway. Uh, Yoda actually foresees that this is about to happen. He, see, he sees there's a disturbance in the Force. And so several Jedi go in to try to stop it. But he ends up working with a changeling and tricks everybody and uses his friendly little droid as an explosive, and, and he gets away with it. Um, they do find out that he is next going to go after a kyber crystal that, uh, for some reason, has all of the names of all of the Force-sensitive children, younglings, that the Jedi have identified uh, written on it. Kind of strange. Um, across the galaxy. So he ends up finding the Jedi who has that crystal. And then he tortures that Jedi to death, trying to get him to open the holocron to, I guess the holocron has the ability to read the crystal. Anyway, they end up trying to track it. They track him down. They go in to, to stop him. Um, but in order to get away, he actually captures Ahsoka and then uses her as a manipulative tool to get Anakin to open the holocron for him. Then he books it and ends up disguising himself as a clone trooper because they've pretty much taken over his ship and, and won the day. So he disguises himself as a clone trooper and hops on their ship to fly back to 
uh, I guess one of the one of the star destroyers, but then grabs a ship there and and zips away before they can catch him. Anyway, he gets away with it. So Sidious then tells him to go after um, some of the younglings that whose names were written on the crystal. He just trusts Bane to pick out a few names to capture them and then bring them to his uh, testing facility on Mustafar. Uh, so he does this. He goes after these these kids. Uh, but he gets caught um, while he is going after the little Gungan, the little baby Gungan. And the Jedi get taken by him back to his base where he ends up getting them to set up some alarms and security systems. And then he escapes. Uh, but they are able to use his ship log to identify what planet he has been to. And they find out that he's dropped off some children already on Mustafar and that Sidious is about to do tests on them. So they go in, rescue the kids. Uh, Sidious just basically has the facility that he has on Mustafar sink into the lava and uh, the Jedi save the kids from certain doom. Kind of a messed up, several messed up things that happened in this episode. Yeah. Um, But I'm glad they at least decided to write it and spread it out over three episodes because each of them was unique and one thing again that i was glad they did was you know last week we talked about one episode where they really just tried to cram so much into one single episode yeah um, definitely was actually well done well written um it was well written but it was really messed up like you said but that was i guess really the purpose behind of showing how the dark side really what extent they're willing to go to in order to you know palpatine to get his purpose accomplished Um, i mean he's willing to do really anything from kidnapping children to you know hiring bounty hunters to torturing i mean really anything it it painted a good and accurate picture of not not a picture of desperation but a picture of just we don't really care. We know what our goal is and we're going to do whatever it takes to get there. So it, it was a good job at really portraying that picture. Yeah. I thought that the dynamic between Sidious and Cad Bane was, uh, was interesting. I guess less the dynamic, but more just the, what we learned about them as individuals. Even did you like Cad Bane? Did you like his character? Yeah, I did. I liked um, the character. I liked whoever voiced him. However, maybe they voiced him, made that voice sound. Uh, I thought that was really neat, actually. And he was a a good bad guy, well-written bad guy. Um, you know, and I, the interaction between him and the, the techno service droid, I thought at the very first episode in Holocron Heist was, I mean, it was up there. It was so funny. Uh, just there were several different comments that were made. You know, at one time, the the techno service he's like tells the techno service droid to go answer the door and a little droid says i'm not a butler droid and you know and there's just a few one or two other times when he mentioned something so you know the interaction he had with his droid was uh fun but you could tell he was he was intelligent he was not um you know just guns out blazing type of bounty hunter but really he had a very he was very crafty and thorough. Yeah, I really liked how brutal they made him out to be. Just very focused on this is the mission, 
I don't care about the morality behind it. I'm being hired to do a job and I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter how messed up it is. It doesn't matter if I have to destroy uh, my own droid. I'm going to use whatever means necessary. I'm going to get paid a ton for this. So I'm pulling out all the stops and I'm going to, you know, if I had any moral seat, I'm going to compromise it to accomplish, um, accomplish the mission here. And, uh, you know, I, I thought they did a really good job sort of, you know, positioning him, making him out to be a certain way. He looked awesome. I just, I loved his design as a character, uh, Mm -hmm. from the blue skin to the hat, to the, you know, to the outfit, just really, really cool. Had a lot of personality. That's one of the things I think that we have, we have lacked thus far in some of these side characters in the series, at least those that weren't already established elsewhere. You know, if we'd already seen him in the movies or something, then, you know, they're already, they're already established as a character somewhat. Um, but right. it seemed like a lot of the little minor side characters were just, just empty. And Cad Bane is the first, the, the first, or at least the most significant instance I can remember of just really maybe really being impressed with, with how well they established him as a believable individual and, and, you know, within, within that storyline, then leverage that to, uh, to tell something that was, was pretty compelling. Yeah. And I definitely think he's coming back. I, I, you know, as many times as they made him escape in this arc, I don't think (laughs) he's coming back for something, you know, they really foresaw and wrote it well to where they, they established him as a, this is someone who is, you know, not to be messed with because he is coming back. He can uh, thwart the plans of the Jedi. I mean, he broke into the Jedi temple. So clearly he knows enough of uh, what he's doing um, and has enough ruthlessness within him to be able to accomplish a lot of things for Sidious. Sure. And I hope they bring him back. I, I, I just really liked him a lot. So, so hopefully we see a lot more of it. Be great. What in the world is a holocron, Drew? <laughs> My um, best guess is that it is basically a, a cipher. Now, I'm sure someone will tell me I'm wrong, and I probably am, but from just watching the episode. <laughs> That's about all you can gather from the episode, yeah. It seems like a uh, cipher. Like, you know, in World War II, the, the Enigma type of machine that they use to decode, um, you know, the German intelligence. That's basically what it seemed like to me to where you can have the Kyber crystal, which a horrible idea. Why would you put everything on one crystal and not whatever? But okay. We'll talk about that. It doesn't yeah, make any um, sense. <laughs> but, no, not at all. But it seemed just like a way to decode them. Now, why okay. there were so many in the vault, do different ones decode different things? Because he knew exactly, if they're specific, he, know, he knew exactly which one to go to without any second thought once he got into the Jedi archives. So it's not like he had to search. He just went really to the first one once he opened the door, went straight in and grabbed that first one. So I don't know if they're specific to a certain thing. I don't know that that was ever explained or even mentioned, but sure, that's something yeah. that I was sort of left pondering. Yeah, I got the impression that they were just all, you could agree, he could have grabbed any of them. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why there's a big stack of holocrons. Like what, what is their purpose in the universe? Uh, maybe I should have researched that a little bit. <laughs> if you know, email us and we'll read your email next week. But, but that was weird. And then yeah, you, you alluded to it, but why in the world are they, using this little kyber crystal 
to write down an encoded list of names of all of the younglings in the galaxy. It's just, what is going on here? It just seems so contrived. Probably the worst part of the, the, the trilogy for me was just how, how sort of contrived and silly it was for, um, for those things to be done that way. You know, it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, for, for them to be Jedi Masters and, you know, roughly speaking, at the pinnacle of intelligence, wisdom for a society to say, oh, let's put all of this on just one crystal. And I, I can see where they're saying, oh, well, they would have to break into the vaults, get a holocron to be able to find this crystal to read it, blah, blah, blah. So I can see how someone would say, well, they had safeguards. They had lockers. Whoever would have thought they would have been able to break into the Jedi Temple and to that, I would agree. I said, yep, you're, you're absolutely right on that. But still, at the same time, it just doesn't seem really intelligent to put all of that on one thing. Like, I would, you know, if it were me, I would be like, no, let's put, you know, have five or six Kyber crystals and we'll put like one fifth or one sixth on each, not every single one on one single crystal and entrust it to one guy, one, okay, he was more than a guy, he was a Jedi, Jedi Master, but, you know, to just one, that seems a little um, well prepared <laughs> for a plan. Yeah, sure. It reminded me a little bit um, of some of the things that I didn't like about The Rise of Skywalker, the most recent Star Wars film that came out, there was stuff like that, they had the, uh, with the Sith Wayfinders and that sort of thing, just things that, yeah. Just, just plot devices is all they were. Um, and I don't like plot devices for the sake of having plot devices. I think it's, it's a little bit sloppy, lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's more to it than, than what we realize, but, but that, was, uh, that was probably the lowest point for me, really. And it wasn't that big a deal, but, but it was definitely a low point of, of the episode. It was trying to make sense of why these things existed and how they made sense within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. While we're on that first episode, I want to get your take too on um, th- this. Will seem this seems odd, but of librarian, what did you think of her? Yeah, she was interesting. wasn't really that exciting. Uh, I-, I will say this: so they had, and, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on the librarian. But the the battle between the it wasn't the librarian; it was technically the changeling, right? And yeah. Ahsoka. I thought that it. Uh, it it honestly didn't make that much sense to me that that changeling would be so skilled with a lightsaber and would have been able to hang with Ahsoka for as long as even as long as it. What's a do changelings have gender? I, he, she, it. I don't know. I don't I know if it, it established she, a gender. I don't, she, I don't maybe. Know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure they do, but um, uh, but didn't just didn't think that that I think Ahsoka should have made quicker work of that yeah. little rogue changeling agent that was just being used as sort of a pawn in this mission. Although maybe it's just a super talented, you know, changeling. <laughs> I guess yeah. Cad Bane, knowing he's getting paid as much as he is, could have hired the best. But uh, she was okay. Just seemed a little bit generic. Okay. So this is so funny because we really basically have the same exact thought here because when I was watching her, I was like, wow, this is the most stereotypical type of librarian you could ever get, you know, right from the get go. But then at the very end of that episode, after that battle, Ahsoka mentioned something that was like, it just stuck with me. I was like, wait, what, what did she say? She said, um, she said, you have, um, you know, 
talking about Madame Jocasta, you have her image, but not her skills. I'm like, yeah, right. Was she a Jedi? Like, I mean, because if she's just your standard librarian lady, like she's not going to have any skills like with a lightsaber. So the fact that Ahsoka said, you know, you have her image, but not her skills. I'm thinking there's there's a backstory there. I don't think Mm. we'll ever know, but I just I found that interesting. It would make sense that the Jedi would put a, you know, somebody very capable in that position, though, because she's guarding the archives that have the very important, apparently, holocrons in them. Oh, and then something else that uh, I noticed in this episode that, honestly, it bothered me a little bit. Not bothered me as a viewer. I actually thought it was cool that it was there. But, um, but, but bothered me about the Jedi again. The Jedi just keep, man, there's just a lot about them that, that, that is problematic. It was the fact that she mentioned that some of the texts in the archives are forbidden. Did you catch that toward the beginning of the episode? Uh-huh. Yeah. When, um, fist fisto, I think entered. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess maybe it makes sense within the star Wars universe because you have like the Jedi texts that come out in the, uh, the sequel trilogy that, that, you know, you, teach you a lot about the force and the, the way of the mm-hmm. Jedi. I don't really know what's in this. They never really told us they, they brought him up and they never really <laughs> did much with it in yeah. the sequel trilogy. But uh, maybe there's maybe that maybe texts are sort of can be more powerful or different or more dangerous in the star Wars universe than they are in ours. But in our universe, <laughs> I have a problem with forbidden texts. <laughs> Oh, I see. That's something yeah. that maybe as an American, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have forbidden texts, you know? Um, sounds like a, like a Fahrenheit 451 type of deal there. Yeah. So I guess they're not destroying them, but the fact that they're like, no, these are these are the sacred texts that you're not allowed to read uh, bothered me a little bit. Do you understand where, where I'm coming from there? I don't really know how to explain it other than that. No, I get you. I do. Um, how, I, how I took that was like there's – Maybe they were sacred. Again, this is just me. Uh, sacred in the sense that they are so old and so unique of items that only the most skilled individuals are allowed to handle them. Like, you know, things in the Library of Congress to where, um, you know, you have to really be somebody, know somebody to be able to get in there to read like the physical version. You can get a digital copy and read it. But to read, like, the physical <laughs> Maybe that's what the holocrons are yeah. for. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's why there's so many of them in case they have a bunch of Jedi in there that all want to read the sacred text at once. That, yeah. that is not the impression that I got. I got the impression that these were like, you're not allowed to read them because they're dangerous texts and you might learn something that you should, you know, about okay. the dark side or something that could lead you to the dark side or whatever. And, and, uh, that's what I think they were trying to indicate anyway. So bothered by that. Didn't don't like the Jedi doing that. Hmm. You might learn something you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, true. Or that could lead you to the dark side or whatever. But I, I mean, it's not like we don't have no Jedi like, will ever go to the dark side. There are all kind of problematic texts throughout history that I've been able to read since like I could read, you know, <laughs> since I got past one fish, two fish. Redfish, bluefish, you know, uh, it's like I can I can get access to to anything, anything I want to, and I don't want to start mentioning them on here because I don't want to get controversial about what text should or shouldn't be considered dangerous text throughout history. 
but like you know it's slippery just, slope <laughs> you're right right there's all kind of ideologies that uh that i grew up thinking were 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 very problematic but i was allowed to read the texts you know nobody would have kept me from like reading the book if i wanted to read the book so mm-hmm. um there were definitely books i wasn't allowed to read but it wasn't because they had ideologies that were problematic <laughs> <laughs> anyway and maybe I'm thinking more about like kind of the junior high, high school. Like once you get to that age, there's, you're pretty much not restricted from reading anything ideologically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least I'm, in this, in this country, you're not. Right. Yeah, I remember we couldn't read some books in middle school cause they had like a bad word in them. So. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Right. Uh, anyway, anything else on this episode before we go? Uh, not really with that episode. That about covers it for me. I, I did want to ask one more question. So the changeling, this is a really, really minor point, probably is, is a non-point really. But when the changeling changed, did you notice there was like almost like an electronic look to it? Like after he, she, it touched the person? Right. When, as, yeah. he, as, as let's just say she, as she was transforming, there was like almost a holographic element during the transformation yeah. process. Kind of seemed electronic, mm-hmm. electrical a little bit or something. So almost like a projection. And it just made me wonder, like, I, I feel like when we saw the changeling in episode, is it episode two that we get the changeling? Remember they're trying to assassinate uh, Padme? Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure that changeling, you just, you saw their face morph, you know? Whereas in this one, it was almost hmm. just like a projection on top of it, on top of itself. So I think maybe that was just a difficult animation thing that they solved in a cheap way. Um, <laughs> But but I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of that either. Maybe there's tiers and hierarchies of changelings. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. That almost just seemed like a holographic overlay than it yeah. did a. Uh, uh, obviously, they she was very convincing once she was once she was transformed. But it was the process. It just seemed like there was something in the animation there that looked weird. Anyway, it's probably not important. We learn about Kane, uh, Bane's brutality after he gets the holocron and escapes. Uh, man, he goes to that Jedi and, and tor- literally tortures, tortures him to death. Just as like, look, I got to hurry. You're going to have to tell me we're going to crank it up to a hundred here. And the guy dies and he says, drop him. Let's his limp body fall to the floor. And yeah, it's like, it's just not a big deal. I mean, Bane is just not, not afraid to kill anybody. doesn't matter how guilty or innocent or, any, or whatever that they are. And then it gets worse uh, in the next episode, of course, because, um, because he actually, starts going after children himself. But um, that torture scene I thought was, was pretty brutal. You know, we've been calling this a kid's show. This is not like a six-year-old show. <laughs> no, no, no. This I mean, there was not like a seven-year-old show. This is like a, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is seven years old. What, at what age do you start showing kids cartoons where characters are tortured to death? Oh man. Um, I, I might get mocked for saying this age. Um, I would, man, I might wait till like 12 years old. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that's crazy. Torture is as odd as it seems. I mean, maybe to me anyways, but like life and death is, you know, that's, that's something that every child learns at a certain age that, Hey, you know, right. they're yeah. living, they're here, then they're not, they've passed away. They're dead. Sure. Deceased. How did you learn about life and death, Drew? Do you remember that? Uh, I think we uh, the rabbit we had when we were growing uh, up yeah. okay. i think like uh maybe third grade um you know we had a rabbit and it yeah it 
kick the kick the dust so like well let's when's it coming back we're like well let's have this conversation (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) but torture Uh, is really i want to share mine we had a we had a journal that died oh (laughs) and absolutely destroyed us i remember me and my sister for hours just crying our eyes out like the world had ended and I remember my dad trying to comfort us, try to make us feel better. I've seen like we, he put us in the car and we like drove somewhere. I don't know if we bought ice cream or something. It was like, got to get these kids mine off this gerbil. This is too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just thinking torture is really where you see the dark side of humanity. I mean, everyone everyone that's living obviously was born and no one's going to make it out of life. So everyone will die. So that is sure. very much a natural progress part of life, but torture that that's more the dark side, the evil of the human, or, you know, in this case, star Wars, like a creature's heart towards another creature. And so that's, that's a much deeper um, subject than just someone dying to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely, he tortured him because you could see the pain that he was going through. Not, you know, not that we could experience it, but it was very obvious that he was in pain. And then those other, um, the droids, I forget what they're called. The ones that have the, like the, the staff that's, you know, the electric staff on the two sides with the purple. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Kind of going like stab him, you know, make sure he's done, you know, and then he just falls. I'm like, man, this, sure. this is graphic. I mean, you know, for a cartoon, a kid's cartoon, this is graphic stuff. Right. So he starts getting invaded by, uh, they catch up to him, the, the uh, what do you call them? The Republic do. Ahsoka and Anakin and the clones and all that. They basically jump onto his ship. I thought it was pretty cool the way that they did it. Because he was like, we, we, we planned on catching this guy on a planet. The Admiral, I forget the Admiral, yeah. the guy that does the announcing at the beginning. Uh, we we plan on getting this guy on a planet, and we don't have any way to board his ship. And Anakin's like, "Yeah, we'll do it anyway. We'll just use the ground troops." So they just like, I guess, jettison their their ground forces into space and have them magnetized to his ship. I thought that was kind of kind of a cool little uh, little piece of insight there. Yeah. Once well, they do it, Bane uh, basically decides, "Hey, I'm going to have to use these Jedi. I'm going to find a way to manipulate these Jedi into opening this holocron." And, you know, if you, if you had, if you lacked confidence in, uh, in Bane as a capable villain before now, look, he captures Ahsoka and then manipulates Anakin into opening the holocron. These are some pretty powerful Jedi. And the fact that he's able to, to do this, I think really, really puts him up there as you can see why Sidious would go after this guy, right? As the yeah. person to hire for his dirty work, because he's the best. I mean, yeah. he just does, it does not flinch. This Jedi dies and he thinks, well, I'm still going to get it done. And then improvises and finds a way to do it immediately against all odds. To some extent, it seems like to me, you know, going up against these two gives Anakin a chance to show again, how much he cares about Ahsoka. We saw that a little bit in the blue virus, um, the blue virus stuff before, but um, but but here Padme is not a part of it. He's just he's not going to let Ahsoka die. He really really cares about her at this point. They are close. They've been working together for a long time, and he's going to risk all of these kids getting caught in order to save her life. 
I thought that was, um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And it was another one of those moments where you see how he reacts to something and you think to yourself, if that was Obi-Wan, if that was Mace Windu, if that was Yoda, you know, you think to yourself sort of what would they have done in the same situation? Because so many times we've already seen several situations where uh, Anakin is put in a, in a position to where he needs to do something. And I think most of us know the, the Jedi quote Jedi thing to do would be to say, no, I'm going to fight you, Ahsoka. Because yeah. even Ahsoka's like, no, Master, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. And, you know, so even she, with her limited Jedi training, fully, to me, was sort of seen, don't do it. I know I'm a Jedi. I know what you have to do. And what you have to do is get him, which means I'm going to die here. But that's, that's the Jedi right. way. You know? She signed up for it. She knew, she knew what she was getting into. And she became a Jedi when she was captured by the Jedi as a youngling and force trained into becoming one <laughs> yeah no no but, but really though like she uh she realizes what's at stake and it's the lives of these kids and you know um we saw it mentioned not, not only the lives of these kids but also a, a pretty powerful force like if they capture all the force sensitive children that the jedi know about i mean that's some points in the sith direction for sure right some points yeah. in the separatist direction anyway I don't know if they really, do they even know? I guess they do know about the Sith at this point during this war because they, they talk about the Sith in episode one. And I believe they know that Darth Maul is a Sith. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? I think you are correct. Okay. So yeah. I think the Jedi are aware that there's a Sith Lord out there somewhere. Um, I can't think of a verification of that right now, but I'm pretty sure they know there's a Sith Lord out there somewhere, but they don't really see him active. So, but it would more just be that, that these kids are all being put at risk and the Jedi are, are always about the greater good, right? Mm -hmm. uh, during the blue virus thing, one of the things that uh, Obi-Wan says is, look, hey, if we have to infect this planet in order to save the galaxy, so be it. Um, we can't let the whole galaxy be infected in order to save this one planet. And so it's all about, always about like, what's the greater good with Obi-Wan? And then we saw it in the, uh, the, the dumb lemur episode as well with that Jedi. <laughs> she was, she remembers, I remember her saying, don't risk a thousand lives just to save one. Right. Um, and that was that was to Ahsoka talking about Anakin's life. She was wanting to save his life and and was willing to, you know, I guess put a lot on the line. I don't remember all the details, but put a lot on the line for it. So so definitely sort of a theme that we're seeing um there and a theme that Anakin doesn't go for. If he cares about the person, he's gonna I mean, he'll throw the he'll throw the galaxy under the bus to save mm -hmm. people he cares about. And don't you have to know that in all these reports that um, he's sending back or that are getting back to um, Sidious slash, you know, Palpatine, yeah, whatever, sure. that he is slowly starting. And we even not, can we jump to the next episode or are you good? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Cause that sort of bridges that thought to the next episode a little bit. You, you sort of see how he is starting to build that foundation with Anakin and you know I'm not even sure in my own mind or you know if the the writers intended for it to say okay if there will come a point where they say okay this is the this is the line to where Palpatine says I am all in for making Anakin my next apprentice this is the point in time when I'm fully convinced he will be or I can make him one but it it definitely it seems like they're starting to give breadcrumbs that um, Palpatine is starting to understand and maybe realize a little bit of 
what he could use Anakin for, for his own devices at, at a right. minimum, yeah. at a minimum. Sure. Because that one scene, they have an interesting conversation when they go back to Coruscant and Ahsoka's with him and he meets them, but, uh, you know, they walk in and he, they just leave Ahsoka outside, you know, he's like, he says something to the effect of um, just the two of us or something. And they go in and they right. talk. And so right. you, you see to where he's, that foundation is being built. And it's, it's interesting because again, we already know what the end is there. So to see it sure. get built up is really fun to watch for me. I mean, it's yeah, sad, but it's fun to watch. Absolutely agree. What'd you think about the baby Gungan? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's kind of cute. Yeah, she, I, mean, I think I it was a little girl. Say what? <laughs> a little girl. I thought she was kind of cute. Yeah, I, I was surprised Bane fell for a doll being in its place, but maybe it was a well-disguised doll from his vantage point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was. I, I don't think he thought the doll was it. I think he. It just that was the baby's doll in the crib or whatever it was. The bed was empty. Um, was the point? He thought there'd be a kid in the bed, and there there was an empty bed. Mm. Um, and there would have been a kid in the bed, right? But uh, but the Jedi have have beat him to this stop, stop, um, and uh, we're able to capture him through that. So, and then the combined Jedi mind trick in this episode. Yeah, I've right. Never seen that before. I don't think we've weird. Have we ever seen that in any of the movies? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not that I can remember. But that That's was strange. And then uh, not only that, not only the the combined. You're talking about the where they combine minds to find the younglings. Oh no, I was talking about like Mace Windu and Obi Wan and Anakin all with um in the, Doing the interrogation. jail cell with Bane. Yeah, well, they yeah. they really did it twice. They did they combined their, although I guess they didn't combine their minds to find the kids. They just sort of they sort of all found different ones through the Force, right? Yeah, that yeah. was the way that they the way that they found the kids was they figured out which ones he was going after. Although did that happen later on? You know, I don't remember honestly. I'm getting the order uh, a little bit mixed up. But yeah, what you're referring to, a little messed up and showed that the Jedi are sometimes willing to compromise. And they were willing to risk Bane's life, right? Um, oh, yeah. In order to get information out of him. Uh, and uh, he gives in. At some point, Bane is, Bane is for Bane. And he's not fighting for an ideology here. He is yeah. fighting for notoriety and money <laughs> that's yeah. what it seems like to me and so look when push comes to shove and he's like that was messed up you know all these jedi trying to hack into his strong mind all the, all at the same time he's like i'm not doing that again i'll tell you whatever you want to know <laughs> yeah uh, did you think it was justified for the jedi to do that oh, um uh, that's so tough <laughs> it's tough um, you know i'm is waterboarding justified? This is your statement on waterboarding. Wow. The world wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's, don't, don't, don't compare. That's going to get so political so fast. <laughs> well, this is actually much worse than waterboarding, right? Because this could actually damage him. At least, well, I don't really know. I don't even know really what waterboarding is that much. I guess I sort of do. Um, but, uh, but my understanding is that waterboarding doesn't actually hurt you, right? It right. just messes with your brain. Whereas with, with this, they're like, well, I mean, we could kill him <laughs> if we yeah. do this. They talk about it for about two seconds and they're like, 
eh, let's go. <laughs> we'll go do it. <laughs> and maybe they don't do the full force of it, right? Maybe they just start to do it, give him a taste of it, and then he, he's like, all right, all right. Um, I mean, because he did, he did relinquish very quickly because right, they started as one. Anakin did it. He's like, that won't work on me. And then him and Obi-Wan did it, and he was slightly concerned. And then Mace Windu joined in, and he's like, no, no, fine, stop, stop. So, you know, I I don't know Jedi law. If Jedi laws say that's justified to do it in that situation, <laughs> then I say it's justified to do it. <laughs> because okay. I will okay. go with their laws, and if their laws say it's acceptable, then far be it for me to say otherwise. <laughs> Whew, I'm not with you there. I'm not with you there. I'm not a big fan of torture. Um, I guess it, you know, it's to save the lives of these kids, but it, you got to draw the line is somewhere, I think. So, and isn't that so much what this arc is about? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, and it's so, it's so hard, so many times because really, you're like, okay, what are we balancing here? Because that was the same exact type of question you could pose to, um, you know, previous episode with Anakin and Ahsoka with her being trapped and Anakin saying, um, and I think that is really some of the conflict within Anakin is the fact that if it's just him in that situation, he's saying, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to save you. But then, you know, the other Jedi would have said, no, 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 that's not the thing. You just should have, um, you know, let Ahsoka die, protect the holocron, whatever. Um, But then in this situation, they're saying, no, it's not acceptable. Um, we're going to kill him. And so, you know, you see what he does when he's alone. Then, but when he's with other Jedi, it's, it goes, I think it sort of goes against what he thinks the Jedi should actually stand for. And so hmm. you can see that divide start to, in my mind, you can see that divide start to build up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we also get some insight into how messed up Palpatine is, right? He oh, yeah. is, I don't know what he's planning on doing to these kids. He mentions that his goal in this, this is sort of like a little project of his where he's, he's trying to test the waters of developing or, or I guess just start the process of developing a, an army of force sensitive individuals that are basically his there to do his bidding. Right. Mm-hmm. That he can use his tools to accomplish his evil goals. <laughs> and so like these are little kids. These are like pre-language. So we're talking like, like one-year-olds, you know, still playing with rattles and goo goo and gagaing. And he's got them like strapped to these beds. And I don't—is he gonna like do some kind of operation on them or what? It's just because these nurse yeah. droids have blades and saws and all kind of stuff that they end up attacking the Jedi with that are obviously not meant as weapons, but they're improvising. The nurse droids that are. Uh, nurse droids that's not the right thing to call them the torture droids or whatever they are i don't know what they are surgery um, droids surgery <laughs> droids yeah that's just messed up um pretty twisted stuff going on here uh palpatine is an evil dude yeah got season mustafar. mustafar yeah yeah mustafar was cool read my mind episode <laughs> three i mean isn't that where that epic scene takes place mustafar or yeah. no yeah yeah, where he uh, where he dies, and then it ends up being where Darth Vader builds his castle. Yeah, and you see that we get to go to that castle during Rogue when you when, in the Rogue One movie, right? So we spend mm-hmm. a little time on Mustafar during 
the events of Rogue One. And oh, I actually meant to mention when the uh, when the Jedi are doing that forceful mind trick, and they're like, "This could destroy his mind." You know, maybe think of Rogue One. Borgullet. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I forget what, what's the guy's name? That was Saul. Uh, uh, Saul was definitely portrayed as a rogue who went against like reasonable measures. And that was mm-hmm. one of the ways that the movie portrayed that. Yeah. He's trying to resist the evil, but he is compromising in ways that he shouldn't such as using this Borgullet creature to, you know, to question. Right. Of course they already knew Ked Bane was guilty. So there's maybe a little bit of difference there when he had, uh, with Saul, he had just gotten to the point where he didn't trust anybody anymore. So it didn't matter if they were guilty or innocent. He's going to use this messed up means of getting information, um, regardless of who you were, um, right. whether you're innocent or guilty. So there's some difference there, but but they didn't remind me of that a little bit. But yeah, it's cool. I love it when we visit those kind of planets. Um, again, if John were here, I'm sure he'd say he liked that part a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going to Mustafar, as soon as they mentioned it, as soon as they found it in the fuel log, uh, I was like, okay, cool, cool. Mustafar, what are we going to do with Mustafar here? This is going to be awesome. So, and it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, they didn't really do much with the planet other than say Sidious has a base here, um, a research lab here uh, that he is doing messed up things with. Um, right. Definitely, they definitely established Mustafar as a planet that is connected with the dark side already. You know, and, he he named the surgery or the procedure, whatever you want to call it. There was a name to it. Oh, really? Um, okay. And I don't remember what it was, but it was only okay. mentioned once. But at that point, I'm thinking, okay, this it's been titled something. So in my mind, this has already been done before. Oh, um, uh, yeah, sure. So, you know, I who potentially has already had this procedure done? Has it, is it anyone that we've met yet? Will we find out later? I mean, was, is this just a one-time deal and it's never going to come up again? So that just was a whole lot of new questions to me. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Has Vent, was Ventress part of this at some point? Maybe or is that how she is, why the way she is or right. um, so yeah. powerful? I, I don't know. So it just, it was neat because <laughs> it brought up a lot more questions for us to really examine. Maybe, as we move maybe we'll find out more. Cool. Anything else? No, that's it for me. So, Drew, as far as uh, a rating out of 10, are you ready to give your rating? Yes. Let's hear it. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of good things that were going on here. Um, this, like we mentioned in the beginning, the story was, um, I thought it was well thought out, the way it progressed. Uh, Cad Bane, as an introduction for a character, was awesome. We got to see a really good relationship building between Ahsoka, Anakin here, and a little bit, um, you know, some new planets, some new different things to look out for, for future episodes. So a lot of action. And so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Uh, I liked it a little bit better than uh, quite a bit better, actually. Um, than than the last arc that we discussed last week, the one where it ended with all the cool Mace Windu stuff. I thought this episode had really cool plot progression and depth, gave us a lot of insight, had several things that uh, were a little bit disturbing. And I like it when things get, get a little bit disturbing and, and dark. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just makes it maybe a little bit more uh, easy to, to, to be interested in and to, to kind of best my interest in. Anyway, 
uh, eight out of 10 for me. I thought it was great. Awesome. All right. If you want to contact us, you can email us at the Star Wars, no, excuse me, Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Although, uh, something I did is I, I also got uh, the email address. We got zero email, so I don't know why I'm bothering, but <laughs> we probably never will. Um, but I went ahead and got the Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail.com as well uh, and forwarded it to Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail.com, which is the actual email address. So, you know, email whatever. It'll get to us, maybe. And if it does, it doesn't end up in, in the junk folder uh, or something, <laughs> then we'll read it on the episode um, within reason. So uh, reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook as well. And uh, love it if you leave us an iTunes review. Thanks for listening. What would someone want with a holocron? And with that statement right there, we just lost whatever listener we had.